I'm Max McEwen, and this is Leader Lab. So who are you and what do you do? I'm still Max McEwen, and I work on this basic question of how do social groups and how do individuals shape the future? How do they achieve that? And that's my focus. That's my academic focus. And that's also my consulting and speaking focus. I'm trying to figure that out from psychology and sociology and also implement it. And the two really teach each other. And some of those lessons end up in my books. Yeah, I was going to say it, it manifests itself in a variety of different books. Um, you you know, because you, you've written stuff for the for the blog site back when there was a blog site. You've uh, you've been on the podcast. Is there no book site? <laughs> Not really. It's sort of. <laughs> Have I missed that? Yeah, okay. it's just sort of the podcast now. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, things evolve, they adapt. You miss right. them. Exactly. Yeah. Things adapt. Things adapt. So um, it it manifests itself in a variety of different ways, uh, and you know that because this is either the second or the third time you've been on the podcast. I don't remember to be honest with you, because you're a perennial favorite. And so welcome back. And we're back to talk about another iteration. Your your career focus really jives with mine in that, you know, I everybody who's followed it for a long time knows them about leadership, innovation, and strategy. You're about the same things. And it manifests itself in a bunch of, in an eclectic mix of books that are all dealing with that idea of how humans shape this. Uh, first in, in books, awesome books like uh, the strategy book, which we talked about, uh, before in adaptability, which is an awesome read, and now in the the next iteration of the blank books with the innovation book, which I think is is yeah. awesome. Is Look awesome. at this book. Is that not the most beautiful book you've ever seen? You know, I from obviously your own book, which is you know you know they can't you know they can't this, see it right. You can you can you not see <laughs> I'm this only book? I'm only recording audio. Oh, <laughs> so what what you know. Well, I shall just not show you my book, but it is a beautiful book, David, and I urge your listeners to go and look at it. Yeah, check it out on Amazon. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful book, um, and it's in line. I want to start with, so the, the, it, it follows a similar format as the strategy book, which I really, really loved, and actually we started using, um, not in a course that I teach, but in one that, I'm, that has more students in it. I took it to the professor of that and said, you have to require this as, as a book because it's got so many, it's got a great sort of... Um, outline of the history of strategic thinking and has awesome tools, et cetera. And so on the innovation side, it does something very, very similar where it's, it's, a, it's basically a toolkit in one concise book about the history of innovation thought uh, and also tools and practicality, starting with uh, what I like about it is starting with the individual and moving to the enterprise level of how you do this creativity innovation thing, which as you know, um, I really like books that start with the individual and end at teams on creativity and innovation. So I, I loved it too. Is that, I mean, was it, is essentially the success of the strategy book led to wanting to do this one or was this always the plan? How did that come about? Well, I've written books about innovation before, the truth about innovation, for, for instance. Which is, which is then, the antithesis of my book, The Myths of Creativity. The, the Myths of Creativity, yeah. So you have to choose which, which you want to read. I actually Yours, wanted to... Obvious, obviously. I actually wanted to subtitle mine, The Truth About Innovation, and I didn't because of our friendship. Because well, I appreciate that. That's very good. That's like not dating your sort of brother's girlfriend, isn't it? Exactly. That, that kind of, yeah, a true gentleman. So, yes, the it, it came from those two things, really, that 
the strategy book had been very successful and continues to be. We're working on the second edition at the moment. And it came from te teaching a class and also working with my clients, you know, that mixture, because I was teaching a class as a, a guest lecturer about strategy. And the class said, well, what, what do you recommend? We'd had this really fun day. We'd made all these models and examples come to life and really played with it. And I really found it hard to recommend a strategy book because I love lots of different books on strategy and academic papers and all of that kind of stuff. But how do you hand that to a student and say, no, well, read first read 100,000 pages and that, you know, then you'll be sorted. And also because there's this really practical aspect to all of this. I don't think strategy is a dead thing. It's a living thing. And uh, we, the, the formula or structure and the tone worked so well that the innovation book made a lot of sense. And, and I think the second part of it was that from the truth about innovation, which was very successful, but I, I did from consulting and working with clients, they really needed something scalable that, and, and deep. So really accessible, but then they could go deep and scale it with their organization and their teams. So hopefully I've put all of that into the innovation book. Well, and I think it's interesting to me that there was the strategy book and now the the innovation book because they're they're so linked in a sense. You know, there's this really funny line about uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast, a strategy eats culture for lunch, blah blah blah. And the whole time I'm keep thinking like, well, there's this third wheel over here called innovation, and if you don't have that, you don't have a very sustainable strategy, et cetera, right? So there's this wonderful link between the two that makes it a perfect uh, mix of having both of these books out. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, I wrote the, an article about how culture and strategy should have breakfast together rather than one eating another. I mean, it's a you know, ridiculous waste of time, but you can then add to maybe your breakfast table. You want your innovation there because what if your strategy doesn't get you far enough and you want to go further? Or what if you've come up with a brilliant idea, but you have no strategy for it, so it just stays as a brilliant idea uh, on, you know, in your head or your your notebooks or even in your, you know, your garage. So strategy needs definitely needs innovation, and innovation definitely needs strategy. And we we've, we've done quite a lot of work to connect the books for people who enjoyed the first one, and and for people who need to draw a very very clear line uh, between the two. But no, and, and it does that in the format of, of both of them, et cetera. But I love, I love the way in the innovation book we start with, uh, again, because I, I said this before, I love when you start with the individual and move towards the sort of team and enterprise level. Um, do you find when you're working with clients, though, that a lot of the barriers to innovation actually start at that individual level? Or I, I, I sometimes feel like it's this, in every organization, it's an either or. There are either people who have all these great ideas that are getting rejected, or there are people who believe they don't even have the ability to come up with those great ideas. What, what do you find more often? Well, at the individual level, but at the first section part is about your, essentially your creative self and about nurturing your inner genius. And part of that is kind of understanding what kind of creative you are. Essentially, if you're human, you are creative. If we mean by that the ability to come up with novel thoughts or novel actions and the ability to solve some problems I mean, we can all do those two things but we do them in different ways and we do them to different degrees you know some people are just like crazy useless 
you know, every single idea they come up with, you've never heard before, but it's useless. And there are people who are very, very useful, but they're so, so in that kind of box or the cubicle, you, you know, you talk about so in that little space that they can't even imagine just breaking one even little rule. And so th there's not just those two. There are lots of different kinds of creatives out there. And so I started the book helping people understand where they are and what's hard for them, what's easy for them and why they get so annoyed and kind of pissed off by other people who don't see things the way that they think things should be. And I think that's a huge part of why innovation might not work when people don't understand each other. Hmm. No, I, I think you're, you're dead on there. I think so many, there, there are a so many people who don't understand those crazy creative types, and that they're one of them. Um, but then even inside of the people who would already call themselves naturally creative, you have these people who are, are do it in very different ways. And when that even moves to a team level, you have all sorts of frustrations, right? And this this can happen in organizations almost as much as the divide between creatives and presumably non-creatives are, are those sort of tensions. Um, it actually leads me to wonder this idea, and I, and I think I know the answer because I've, I've read the book. So it's a bit of a tee-up question. But uh, to what extent, I mean, when you, when you hear about all these most innovative companies, it just sort of seems like everybody just has free reign, right? So either it's over 25% of their calendar or you have a W.L. Gore where no one has a job title and they all just sort of do whatever they want. Um, and it, it makes me wonder, can, can innovation be managed? Can it be led? Is there, is there a, a unique process for a company to scale out innovation? Or, or does everybody have to sort of figure it out for each individual company? I, I think a little like shaping the future, that we, we know that there are things that are, seem likely to happen because they've happened in the past-ish. Like, you will probably be hungry in the next sort of six to eight hours. And if you don't eat anything for the next two months, we assume you'll be dead. So we can predict with some kind of certainty what will happen in the future. It's a little bit like this with innovation. Even though everything is unique, there's no one answer that's going to work. There's no one size fits all sort of, um, plan. But we've been there before and we know the kind of tension. So there's some great stuff in there about the innovation journey and the tensions and when they'll come and where different roles are needed. There's some great stuff in there about the different ways you can organize a team. You know, there's the holacracy, let anybody do anything, but there's so many different versions of how to organize and there's good things and bad things about them. So I think we're trying to embed here the wisdom that has been gained, not just by me as one consultant, but by I don't know how many millions of people have been investigated to build this book and the research that builds the book. So can creativity be managed? Um, not exactly, but kind of. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of like I've trained my students a lot of times when I ask questions like that or that are either or, right? Can creativity be managed or people have to be free? The answer sort of always is yes. And so it gets to the point where students now, when I pose questions like that, just say sure or yes or whatever. <laughs> Um, and the task is, though, to, I mean, that's the mark of true intelligence, isn't it? The famous quote is to hold two mutually opposing ideas in your head at the same time and not go mad. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you're helping your students to do, to gain that new level of intelligence, to go, well, you know, it's not just one or the other, and it's not even just both. But we can feel our way, way to this. 
And uh, it's the same throughout the innovation process. Well, I think I'm probably just helping them go mad. But but you're right. When you when you have that, you have that sort of tension. And, and like I said, I sort of knew um, – because I've known how the book is structured and know, know it all that this idea of the innovation journey is sort of there. Um, what are some of the tensions? You, you outline a bunch of different tensions that you'll happen, when they'll happen, et cetera. But what are the ones that you find most often in your consulting with, with organizations? Well, the, the, let's name some of the famous ones. There's, of course, the, there's of course the, the desire for uh, certainty, as in results, uh, but also taking a risk. So you've got the bunch of people who say that they would be successful, creative and innovative if only they were allowed to take a risk. But then but then they would have no job if you can't actually make money or make this thing work in time. And then you've got the desire to be creative if only you had enough time. So definitely time is viewed as a barrier. Or if I had permission, if only the boss trusted me and empowered me and gave me my head then I could be creative. And those kind of tensions are, are in there because meanwhile, you've got the boss saying, if only they showed initiative. Um, you know, I, why do I have to tell them everything? And, and a lot of this comes because people haven't thought this through together and they don't understand enough about how the other person feels and, and they're not willing to be open about the, those tensions. Well, and I think like like we were talking about too, uh, you, you're dead on, and I think there's also some tension in that realization, right? That there are these opposing ideas that you have to sort of reconcile, or, or Roger Martin calls it, you have to have the opposable mind, right? Or integrative yes. thinking, and and especially in managing innovation, you sort of have to have that, right? Because you you want people who can think outside of the box but stay in the budget, whatever whatever either of those metaphors mean, right? Or who want to take a risk but also want uh, a sure thing, right? And all of those things, and reconciling them is very difficult. It's, it's one of the reasons I actually really enjoyed. Uh, the innovation book. Uh, I forgot to list it to say it before. It's the innovation book: how to manage ideas and execution for outstanding results. Hence, why I asked that question about can innovation and ideas um, sort of be managed. It's it's a great read in line uh, with the strategy book. The thing I love about that, and actually in line with adaptability and and all of your books, the truth about innovation, um, which is such a good uh, book that I felt like I needed to flip the title. Uh, and steal it. But that's there's another thing around innovation and stealing ideas there. Uh, I want to shift, though, from books and, and innovation talk, et cetera, to you a bit. And, and you know these questions are coming, but we ask them for everybody. And I, you've already said that you're working on the second edition of the strategy book. But what else is, was, is next for you? What's coming up? Well, the, on the strategy book that I mentioned, there's the second edition. But we're going a lot further than that because what we appear to have done which hopefully is useful to your audience, is we've tapped into this little area of deep thinking plus really clear and practical. So you're not talking down to anyone. And because of that, we've got such a wide audience that we're building a platform to support that. So almost as an academic level, I'm very excited about it. So we've got one country, for instance, which I can't name in this one, it's all a bit confidential, but a country that wants to take the strategy book and the platform we're building with the partners, you know, online and apps and videos that I'm producing for them, and then get them out to all of their small and medium-sized businesses and then track that over a number of years and find out how much of an impact it had. So a lot of books, you know, they say whatever they say and you don't know whether that makes a difference or not, to, you know, to people in general. And we're going to actually look at if you really 
teach leaders and everybody else in the company how to do strategy and innovation? Will it lead to better, you know, outstanding results at the end of year three? So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. No, as, as you know, uh, I love it when research meets practice and meets it in practical, applicable, and measurable ways. So that's that's absolutely awesome. Um, the other question, speak, speaking of that research and practice mix and, and I, uh, those different ideas, et cetera, is what are you reading right now? Well, you know what? Uh, one, well, a lot of psychology is what I'm reading, um, so psychology journals. So you, you know do, from your own work that the, the whole area of behavioral research is having a huge impact and influence in business areas. And so we're looking at uh, strategic thinking and uh, decision-making theory in order to kind of inform this. But I haven't read any sort of on-the-shelf books for a long time. And I, I think this is this is maybe a little bit important that make sure, if any of your listeners, make sure that the stuff you're reading actually has a base and isn't just somebody's opinion. Because you can go really wrong on what you think looks a bit scientific and nobody's even made a little bit of effort. So I, I like to go to the source, and that's what I'm reading. Hmm. And I can name the journals, but I don't know if everyone will read it. But, you know, Strategic <laughs> Management Journal on the one hand, you know, deep stuff there. Yeah. And yeah. then also a lot of Nordic um, thrillers. <laughs> Fascinating. In, that are in the Strategic Management Journal? Or you mean those are the on-the-shelf books? <laughs> no, but I've got, I just finished the 10, 10 books, uh, Martin Beck series. They're, they're superb uh, so recommended to anyone listening no there you go no uh we love that i i often joke with people that you know i read a bunch of those boring journals so they don't have to right and process it through and i think that's really important that's something that you and i um, both have in common is that idea of bridging the gap between what has a scientific base and what can be applied because there's so many people focusing on the applicable that have that are just baseless and to that end uh, you you have come out with another book in that uh, in that vein which is awesome the innovation book how to, to manage ideas and execution for outstanding results um, I hope everybody checks that out puts it on their shelf right next to the strategy book uh, they look good together even so so that works out really well and I should say as a total book nerd they also have that really cool thing where it's a paperback but they actually do have dust jacket flaps which I think is awesome it's my favorite thing about books so thank you Max thank you for writing the book thank you for publishing it in a beautiful format and thank you for joining us inside the leader lab thank you for inviting me and for all your support and all your listeners support makes a big difference thank you Hey everybody, it's David from the Leader Lab Podcast. I just want to thank you for being a part of this community and for listening to this podcast episode. And I want to remind you that you can get even more content from us if you connect with us online. We're at Twitter, twitter.com slash LDRLB, Facebook, facebook.com slash LDRLB. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast in either iTunes or Stitcher, or just subscribe to our email newsletter and we'll email you every single time we post a new episode. Thanks so much for being a part of the community. Look forward to giving you even more great content.